irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Tesla cares about your dog. Who gets the dog in California? Who is the runaway Amish girl? These are just a few of the topics we will be covering today. Hello, I'm William Mayoff. And I am Nancy DiFabio. Welcome to Animal News Magazine. This is a live radio show about animals, including mammals, birds, fish, reptiles, amphibians, and insects, also known as anthropods. Our topics will range from animals in science to animals in entertainment to animals in religion to animals in agriculture. And if you stop to think about it, animals play an important role in our daily lives as individuals and as a society. Although I have already formed my opinion, and I think William has formed his on many of these topics, we will share those opinions with you. But this show is about increasing our knowledge and understanding of the animal world. And from that information, you can draw your own conclusions. But before we start, let me say this. A guy hears a knock on his door. He opens the door and he sees a snail. Then he picks it up and throws it as far as possible outside. Three years later, he hears a knock on the door, opens the door, and sees the same snail. The snail looks up at him and says, Hey, man, what did you do that for? (laughs) It took him him three years to get back to the door. That's pretty sadistic and terrible. Boy, they really are slow, aren't they? But this one can actually talk. And he can talk, yeah, that's pretty all right, so how long can you keep your dog in your car? 10 minutes? 20 minutes? 30 minutes? The answer is no minutes. It's a nice sunny summer day, 85 degrees outside. You need to run a quick errand. You take your dog with you. You stop at the cleaners just for a minute to drop off your blouse and leave Contessa in the car with the windows cracked. Much to your surprise, there's a line ahead of you, and there, here's a customer at the counter arguing with the clerk over a spot on a shirt, spending more time than you thought at these cleaners. Then you run to the pharmacy next door to quickly pick up a prescription. That also took longer than you expected. A 10-minute errand turns into a 20-minute errand. What happens when you return to the car after your 20-minute errand? You find your dog on her side in the back seat of a car with a temperature of 114 degrees Fahrenheit, unresponsive and breathing heavily. Her gums are purple. Her eyes are rolled back, and she's as hot as an oven. What did you do? First, most importantly, do not apply ice. This changes the body temperature too quickly and can make matters worse. Do apply tepid water. Turn on the air conditioning and race to the closest veterinarian. You may also apply rubbing alcohol, if you're weird enough to have it on hand, to the foot pads foot pads of your dog, and belly to help increase the release of heat and still hurry to the closest vet. If Contessa is still alive, she has a 50% chance of dying from the heat stroke. Expect her to be in the hospital a minimum of 24 to 48 hours if she survives, and the medical bill for this type of problem can quickly climb into the thousands of dollars. 
whether or not she lives or dies. But even if you had returned to your car in 10 minutes, the temperature inside would have increased from 85 degrees Fahrenheit to 104 degrees, even on a 75-degree day. That's 104 degrees inside your vehicle in 20 minutes. Remember, your dog is totally covered in fur. An independent study of the American Academy of Pediatrics showed that the interior temperature of vehicles parked in outside temperatures ranging from 72 to 96 degrees Fahrenheit rose steadily as time increased. Another study performed by the Louisiana Office of Public Health found that the temperatures in a dark sedan as well as a light gray minivan parked on a hot but partly cloudy day exceeded 125 degrees Fahrenheit within 25 minutes. This study also found that cracking the windows had very little effect on the temperature rise inside the vehicle. Unlike humans, dogs are unable to sweat. Yes, dogs are unable to sweat. They rely mainly on their respiratory tract to release heat. Some dogs are more efficient at dispelling heat, while others are more prone to overheating due to shorter nasal passages. But they're all at serious risk of heat stroke. Heat stroke is defined as a state of extreme hyperthermia with body temperatures 106 to 109 degrees, resulting in thermal injury to body tissues, these poor animals. Every year, hundreds of pets die from heat exhaustion. It's summer now for the simple and stupid reason that they are left in parked vehicles. Parked cars are death traps for dogs. As much as a car can heat up in summer temps, it can cool down to under-freezing just as fast. Hypothermia can become a risk at 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Leaving the motor running is a bad idea. In a Walmart parking lot in West Virginia, an unrestrained dog accidentally put the car in gear, and we had havoc. This could be your dog. Is there a safe temperature to leave a dog alone inside a parked car in summer or winter? No, no, no. Unless you want to kill your pet, leave him or her at home where you know he or she is safe. Currently, 28 states have passed laws that either prohibit leaving an animal in an unattended vehicle under dangerous conditions or provide civil immunity, protection for being sued to a private citizen if it's obvious the dog's at risk of injury or death. The language in most of these laws state that for a pet owner to be in violation of the law, an animal must be confirmed, excuse me, confined or left alone inside a parked car under conditions that put the pet at risk. Some laws specifically state that it's unlawful to leave a pet alone in a car in extreme hot or cold temperatures, while others are written more generally and only say conditions that are likely to result in injury or death. But what I was talking about earlier, though, about immunity, though, is they cut people a break. If they have to break a window to go save a dog that's croaking because of the heat, apparently the law cuts them a break uh, in the effort and the, the ultimate goal to save uh, you know, a poor creature from dying of hyperthermia inside a car. So in 15 states, only public officials, such as law enforcement or humane officers, could legally break into a car to rescue an animal. But, you know, you don't want to be checking your code books. You know, you want to be saving these pets if the owner is negligent enough to leave them to, uh, you know, the heat. And these states are Delaware, Illinois, Maine, Maryland, Minnesota, Nevada, New Hampshire, 
New York, North Carolina, and Gwinnett County, Georgia. North Dakota, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Virginia, and Washington. Eleven states have Good Samaritan car laws, allowing, allowing for private citizens to break into a car to save a pet, as I mentioned. Most of the laws require that the person must first try to find the vehicle's owner and contact law enforcement before attempting to break in. In nearly all the Good Samaritan states, the rescuer isn't responsible for damages. However, in Indiana, the person is liable for one-half the cost of repairs. So these Good Samaritan states are Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Indiana, Kansas, Massachusetts, Ohio, Oregon, Tennessee, Vermont, Wisconsin. And you can contact us at, at 323-203-0815. That's 323-203-0815. And we'll try to get someone to help you as to which state offers what protections. In New Jersey and West Virginia, although it's illegal to leave an animal in a hot car, no one has the authority to break in and rescue it, not even law enforcement. That's New Jersey and West Virginia. Alabama and Kentucky have legislation pending. All right, so uh, prosecutors are reluctant to bring charges against the rescuers uh, of these poor animals who technically violate the law. For example, criminal charges were dropped against a Georgia man who broke into a parked car to save a small dog. Hey, they're all heroes, you know. In states without hot car laws, people can still be prosecuted under an anti-cruelty legislation. Uh, but in Texas, a man who left his dog in a car while he went to watch a movie on a hot day was convicted under the state's anti-cruelty law. you got to wonder some of these people. Don't Actually, I know a little bit about those two cases, but before I talk about them, just to be clear, if it's, let's say it's 75 degrees outside, if you leave your, car, your dog or pet in the car, even with the window cracked, it, it goes up to 94 degrees in 10 minutes. In te- and that dog or other animal is covered in fur. Unless it's a lizard, then I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Sure. But So you really need to not leave your pet in the car in the summer. Cracking Just windows don't do it. is a human thing to ease their conscience, but it's not scientific, and it still is very, very hurtful to, to the dog. Now, the Texas man who went to the theater, he actually he got fined. I don't know that he did any jail time, but he, had, he even had a pretty modest fine. But he took the time and effort to appeal his case, and it was... Um, it was held that um, he he lost his appeal basically. Uh, he got a fifty dollar fine and probation for six months. Now the one in Athens, Georgia. This is an old case. This is um, a military veteran. What he did is he saw, I don't know what it was, but it was a little furry dog in the car, and it, it, the dog showed signs of stress. He broke the window, got the dog out of the car, and at the owner's. Um, the prosecution actually arrested him. Well, they arrested him because the owner of the dog said, hey, he broke my window. He didn't have permission to do that. This is in Georgia. And I, Georgia actually is trying to pass a law now. But at the time, you're not, you were not allowed to break a window under any circumstance. So he broke the window. He did get arrested. And, but uh, eventually, uh, actually, his name is Michael Hammonds or Hammond. He's a military veteran. And as soon as he saw the dog, he jumped into action. Um, He's a hero. Actually, he was arrested. He's for, a hero. He was arrested for criminal trespass. Terrible. Um, 
and but the uh, I don't know what I think it was the Western Judicial Circuit Court attorney district attorney um, dropped the charges and the owner agreed to drop the charges. So he was a Desert Storm veteran. He said that he acted. Um, someone had told him, "Hey, look, there's a dog in distress in this Mustang." And lurkers were looking for the police. They didn't know what the hell to do. So he jumped into action and uh, he started to tell all the people. I guess it was he started to get a, an audience or a flock of people. He said, we can't let this dog die. And he started smashing the windows and got the dog out. So um, his wife was in a wheelchair. He took the wheelchair leg and he smashed the window with that. So I guess he broke the wheelchair too. So maybe he can sue the owner of the dog for having to use the wheel, the leg to the wheelchair to break the window to save the dog. I don't know that you necessarily um, break the wheelchair. You just take off the foot pedal and then that acts as a hammer. Well, I've, let's be a little bit dramatic right. about it. But oh. the thing is, this this veteran from Desert Storm said that he had PTSD. And he said, and I've seen enough death and destruction. And he said, I didn't want anything else to, to happen. And if I could tremendous. prevent it, I did. It's so, tremendous. yeah. He's a hero. Um, but well the owner of the dog was furious. Can you believe it? These yeah. people have dogs. She was furious that, oh my, well, your dog is, you're leaving your dog dying in the car. Yeah. I've, so, but the owner was cited for leaving the dog in the car. The advice to leave the pets home should be followed. That's the best course of conduct. Leave them home. So please don't leave, you know, not all people are like this military veteran. Hammond's walking around and taking chances. You know so. what I've seen here, Nancy, increasingly, though, in Los Angeles here, increasingly, Commercial establishments are permitting dogs to be brought in to yeah. stores. Well, that's what I would all do. All description, and they bring them on their leash, and they go to Home Depot, wherever it is. That's what I would and do. Just bring the dogs with them. That's one option. Yeah. Besides leaving them home. Actually, um, if you are thinking um, of this, is related to this dog store. If you're thinking of buying a Tesla, and you're lucky enough to be able to afford one. Uh, all the models, the Model S, X, and the Model 3, they provide a dog mode for your car. Wow. So it's a new download, and that lets you set the cabin temperature in your car to a cool or a cozy setting while you're away from the car. Well, that's conscientious and nice the Tesla to do that. So while your dog waits in the car, the Tesla screen tells the people passing by, my owner will be back soon, don't worry, the AC yeah, is on, and it's 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Or whatever, I love it. Whatever comfortable temperature you want to leave your animal with. So in other words, we're fine. Please don't break into the car. Please don't break the window and try to save me. I'm okay. Is that in a certain model? As you said, it's all the three All the models. models. Starting um, what year? Is it effective immediately, the Tesla? Yeah, I think this? it's a 2019, wow. maybe even 2018, but the new models have it. Um, but the thing is, um, the, the temperature setting, it taps into the battery of the car. It's a great feature. So the owner will Love be it. alerted of the battery level drops to 20% because it's sucking up wow. the juice from the battery. But, you know, these are, kudos, kudos these are people Tesla. who are lucky enough to have Teslas. Right. So. Kudos to Tesla. Well, you know, who gets the family pet in divorce? Yeah, that's a big question, a good question. You know, it depends on many factors, including what state the owners live in. But California, for example, just began a new era for how dogs, cats, and other pets with a new law that went into effect January 1st, 2019, how they're distributed upon dissolution of a marriage. Assembly Bill 2274 ensures that the well-being of a pet is taken into consideration both while divorce proceedings are underway and after they're made official. 
So the well-being of the pet sounds 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 very familiar. Well-being of the kid. So these that's great, man. And California is very progressive here. It allows the courts to view pets as more than just property or chattel when it comes time to dividing the assets. Prior to this law, pets in this kind of dispute were viewed as property, included in the pile of assets to be divided between the spouses. Now, rather than seen as a property item or chattel, the well-being of the pet would be legally justified. That's a fantastic development. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so they're creatures, and they have feelings, emotions, yeah. sensibilities. A person can petition the court for sole or joint ownership based on care of the pet, which includes prevention of acts of harm or cruelty and the provision of food, water, veterinary care, and safe and protected shelter. The Association of Certified Family Law Specialists opposed the bill, saying that divorces already face significant delays and issues of contention in court, especially when it comes to children. They argue that the already backlogged family court proceedings may become even more delayed as judges consider the many factors that come into play when making decisions about animal custody. Aren't they su such wonderful, sensitive people, huh? Well, listen, California, you know, is a trendsetter for some good things. And uh, if we could set a pace here in California for the rest of the nation or the world and or for, uh, you know, the great white north in Canada... Yeah, well, well, judges were kind of leaning towards that, I think, nationally in the U.S., and, and actually we're going to have an attorney from Canada talk about pet custody in the next few weeks. So they were kind of moving in that direction, but it's kind of hard when the law says that your cat, for example, is chattel. Your cat is the oh, same like a thing, chair or a thing. car. So, so you have to go, you know, even if you're saying, well, um, I, I, you know, like I'm uh, – this this dog means more to me than it means to my spouse. So I'm, you know, like you would uh, a table. This table means more to me than it means to my spouse. But the spouse can say, well, the law says you, you, there's more room for argument. With this, you know, it's clear now. I think it's wonderful. What a development. So it's actually the law now, right? Assembly Bill 2274 yeah. has been passed, right? So it's Nancy? like your child. It's like the, instead of dividing property, yeah. you know, because the thing is people get, most people, I mean, not most, but a lot of people, they have, you know, even with a prenup or community property, they get these animals after they're married. And they're both close to the animal. They both love the animal. Yeah. So you can't really treat it like you would treat a TV set, you know? And they go through shift, mood shifts, and they go through adjustments. So I'm glad that they're humanizing these animals. Right. Remember so, the days of Fluffy not wanting to eat the dog we had? And when yeah, she would go right. through kind of, you, you know, you could tell she was depressed. She didn't want to right. eat it. She'd get back in a different mood, and yeah. her appetite would increase. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. And, That's but great. But most pets, they love both. They're, I like to call them the, pet parents as opposed to owners. But uh, so, you know, you can now there's you can have joint custody. So you can't have joint custody of a TV set or or a desktop it's computer, or even a laptop. You can have joint custody of these pets. Agreed. Yeah. So there are a lot of ce celebrities, actually, that were really fighting, like, tooth and nail over their dogs. I think Maria Kairi was one of them, Johnny Depp. They really, like, Mariah went Carey. nuts over the custody Mariah of their... Carey? Yeah, Mariah Carey. Okay. She was married Maria to some Carey. guy. I'm sorry. She was married to some guy. He's on uh, one of those... Uh, I, don't, I don't follow Mariah that Carey. stuff on a talent show. Forgot no, his no, name. She was opposing or supportive of this Mariah Carey. No, she was. This is before this law. I think they had like seven or eight dogs, 
and they were fine. I think they had resolved everything. They might have had a prenup. I don't know. But the only thing that remained to be resolved and could not be resolved was the custody of these dogs. And they were both fighting. Um, I think well, she know, ended up with the dogs, wow. though, because there are pictures of her with them. <laughs> so, so, so wait a minute. So there was a news story we talked about off air. You recall that this guy died. It was in the news. I don't know where. And and these 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 enhanced laws now in California that that humanize, if you will, the, the animals, the pets, and give them what's in the best interest of the animals upon dissolution of the marriage. You recall that I told you a case where this guy prepared his estate documents, yeah. a will, whatever it was, and he said when he dropped dead, yeah. he wanted his doggy. Whether the doggy was this was in the news recently, he wanted his doggy to be killed. And, and, and buried with him, whether the dog was healthy or not. Now, if that happens somewhere in California, in any state to take an example from us here, they'll say, no, that's not in the best interest of a healthy, no, viable dog. No, because it's a state law. This is, this is uh, it's not, you're not dividing, it's not community property, it's not family law. So he could still write in his, see, the thing is, the dog is still chattel, but the dog a, is still a property. Is that a conflict though, Nancy? If it's if something if California is making a public policy that whatever's in the best interest of the kid upon dissolution, when someone dies, is it in the best interest for estate planning? I know it's another area of the law, right? For you to kill that dog as chattel when California is setting a you know an example. It's still chattel. They still can do chattel. what they want with the dog and kill a healthy dog. To they be can kill a healthy dog because owner. the dog. They can say it's like, can you please destroy my car or throw out my boots? It's well, the same thing. Well, maybe we'll evolve one day. I think so. It's taking look. It's it's improved. I don't think it's moving forward as fast as we would like, but it's it's getting better. Well, with radio shows like yours, maybe we'll yeah. have we'll have people. Well, grow well thank you for that. My pleasure. It's the truth. All right. So we have a little bit of time. Um, I want to talk about last week. We talked. To, I wanted to. I started talking about uh, Cherami, the the pigeon, the World War One uh, pigeon, Cherami. who um, was awarded. Um, a medal. Anyway, he was an amazing pigeon, a spy pigeon during World War One, And uh, I started the story, and then I couldn't finish it because we had our guest come on the show. And today we're going to have a, another guest. Uh, I wanted to finish the Amish story, but I guess it, it's just new information keeps popping up, and I just feel like I need to continue to talk about it. But let's talk briefly about um, Cheremi. So during World War I, um, this pigeon uh, served uh, many purposes. Actually, pigeons in general served many purposes. Um, they were fitted with cameras to take pictures of enemy positions. The, this is what William talked about last week. And one of the most important roles that they served was as messengers. And probably the most famous of all these carrier pigeons was Cherami, your dear friend, as we say in English. Good. You got he, a um, dear friend. Good. He spent several months in the front lines uh, during uh, the fall of 1918 and Probably the most important message was the one that he carried on October 4, 1918. It was during the Battle of Agon in France. On October 4, 1918, Major Charles Whittlesey and more than 500 men were trapped in a small depression on the side of the hill behind enemy lines. They had no food and they had no ammunition. They were also beginning to receive friendly fire from Allied troops who did not know their location. Surrounded by the Germans, many were killed and wounded uh, during the first day. 
By the second day, more than half of these men were dead. That's over 250 people, men. The remaining, actually, the remaining 194 soldiers had only three chances. They had three carrier pigeons. Those were their chances. The first pigeon, carrying the message, said, Many wounded, we cannot evacuate, was shot down. A second bird was sent with the message, Men are suffering, can support be sent? And that pigeon was also shot down. These two pigeons were shot down. So this is all documented. Absolutely. absolutely amazing. This oh, predates I, internet and spy right. satellites. Absolutely. And we had these little birdies. Beautiful. Served. This yeah. is amazing. This but there's only one pigeon left. Okay. Cher ami. Now we know she was a girl. She was dispatched with a note and a canister on her left leg. Imagine that. And it read, we are along the road parallel to 276.4. Our own artillery is dropping a barrage directly on us. For heaven's sake, stop it. As Cheremi took flight for home, the Germans saw her and they opened fire. They knew about these spy pigeons. The soldiers watched. The soldiers were trying to were hiding. The ones in harm's way were as bullets rocketed all around her. She rose above the enemy fire and eventually fell to the ground. Even though she was severely wounded, she managed to take flight again. Cheremi made it to division headquarters 25 miles away in, in just over an hour. By the time she arrived, German gunfire had put a hole in her chest, had blinded her, her in one eye, and one leg dangled by a tendon. We think we got problems. The metal case carrying the note was miraculously still attached to the dangling leg. The Allies stopped firing at the Lost Battalion. Obviously, they got the message, and they were eventually rescued. The battalion was rescued. The Lost Battalion are the men who were in the bunker hiding. The note saved the lives of all these men. Almost 200 men were saved because of this bird. Army medics worked long and hard to save Cheremi's life. They could not save her leg, so they carved a small wooden one for her. When she was well enough to travel, this now one-legged bird, blind in one eye, was put on a ship to the United States. General John J. Pershing, don't they have a Pershing Square in L.A.? Anyway, I think it's the same person, personally saw her off as she left France. In the United States, the little bird was in the newspapers and magazines. Can you imagine? Like, she was a hero. But I think at the time they thought it was a boy. So Cheremi was famous. She became the hero of the 77th Infantry Division and the mascot of the Department of Service. She died at Fort Monmouth, New Jersey, on June 13, 1919, and she died from the wounds that she received in battle. She would have lived longer. Uh, she was later inducted into the Racing Pigeon Hall of Fame in 1931. So this is 1919. This is at the conclusion of the First World the War. The First, World, First War. World War. Wow. She received a gold medal from the Organized Bodies of American Racing Pigeon Fran- Fanciers in recognition of her extraordinary service during WW1. Even the French story. Army awarded her the, the Croix de Guerre, the Cross of War, for her heroic service in delivering 12 important messages. She, she didn't just do this, she delivered other messages mm-hmm. um, in Verdun, France. Uh, she's actually enshrined in the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. Faith, courage, story. determination, 
Now, as I said before, they first, first thought that she was a male. And so they, she had, the cher ami was in the masculine form. They thought she was a boy. But um, after the, the taxi derbied her and they found out that she was actually a girl, a female. So Spider-Man <laughs> moves yeah, Um no worries. So there were other pigeons. Yeah. There's the mocker who flew 52 missions. Um, President Wilson, um, another pigeon. There are many, many pigeons, and you can find well, out it's all about me them. Well, me to want to go up and Google Cherami and find out. Yeah, my son Charmy. came home one day and, and told me about it, and I thought, wow, what an amazing story. There's pictures of Cherami somewhere. Yes, on the yes, well, I have one right here actually. Uh, you can go online. This is uh, look. You see the camera on the canister here. I should post this on my website. Sure. I used That's to have it on my website. With the old-fashioned camera? Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. And they would hook up an apparatus to the, to the birdie? Yeah, and that's why the, it was and, hard for the Germans to realize. So that was drones in 1919. That was the yeah, definition yeah. of the drone. Yeah. Unbelievable. The birds can be so productive and so, you know, you thought dolphins had all the brains. Well, pigeons are smart. Wow. So anyway, in a little bit, we're going to have uh, Emma Gingerich. Um, I hope I pronounced her name right come on the on the show she'll talk uh, she used to be Amish she left the Amish she wrote a book the runaway Amish girl um, and she's also been on various uh, talk shows to talk about her Amish life and her Amish and her book and she struck me as uh, being very sincere um, so I thought she'd come on the show and uh, give us uh, her uh, version of of Amish life and how they relate to animals, how what they is, treat their animals, how they relate to animals. What, what is her, what's her role? What does she do? I think she's in business now. Um, she got an MBA. She really left and really her her life prospered. That's what I from what I can. Do you know anything, Nancy? Whether whether when you're an expatriate of the Amish, do you know if they threaten you or try to intimidate you? Like we've heard. Scientologist. Oh, we'll ask her. That's a good question. See if they alienate them. Like to know. Hello, this is Nancy. Is this Emma? Yes. Hi, Emma. So this is I'm Nancy, and I'm here with my co-host William Mayoff, and you're on LA Talk. Hi, you're on LA Talk Radio, Animal News Magazine. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, Can you? No problem. Can you please? just you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, and about your book. Actually, I want to get that on the air. Tell us a little about you and about your book and what your book is about. I grew up in the Amish community until I was eighteen years old, and then I ran away and I moved to Texas, and that's where I currently live in Fort Worth, Texas. And my book covers some stories of how I grew up and then what made the book also covers what why I left Amish and kind of the the trials and tribulations I faced when I was making that decision to leave. What is the name of your book? It's called Runaway Amish Girl, The Great Escape. And, uh... and it can be found on Amazon or wherever books are sold. That's okay. a great title. So, title. so tell us a little bit without telling us everything that's in the book. Um, 
what what why did you have to run away i mean you were 18 years old it would uh, what why did you have to could you just like get on the bus and leave but what 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 do you mean by run away well i wish it would be that easy to just say hey i'm leaving i want to try a new, new lifestyle but it wasn't that easy i it's forbidden to leave the Amish in the community i grew up it was the least modern type of community uh starting in ohio in ohio and which county so i had to privately plan how i was going to get away i had to find people that would i could trust i would tell my parents wow so that i would have some type of help but it was it was terrifying i very I didn't have a security. I didn't have a certificate or anything. Are, were you in Holmes so, County, Ohio? Yes, I was born in Holmes County. And, and later, when I was around 11 years old, my family moved to Missouri to a new Amish community. And that's where I left the Amish in Missouri. How old oh, are you now? How old are you now? I'm 31. So, um, it's been 13 so, years. Wow. So, what did what have you done since then? You, so you left. You were 18. So you left. What? Uh, how did you get by? What did you do? Um, I had fifty dollars in my pocket. <laughs> that got me started. <laughs> very courageous, you are. Um, it didn't get me very far, but I. Found a job cleaning houses. That was my first job, and I cleaned horse stalls for an English writing person. Wow! And then later, I got a job at a Dollar General, and I got myself into college a year after leaving the Amish. Wow! And I went to college for ten years until I had my master's degree. Wow! I graduated a master's in business. Wow! And now I work for a a big hospital in Dallas area. Wow. In the business department. Congratulations. Do you have any pets? No, I don't have pets. So tell me. Um, uh, if I were to have any pets, it would be a dog. And I really like golden retrievers. So so do you, so they're pure breeds. Do you have, have you had a, when you were living in Holmes County, even in Missouri, Missouri is a big puppy mill state. Did you have any? Mm-hmm. Could, could you tell me a little bit? Um, were you were you uh, exposed to any of these puppy mills, these puppy breeding places? Um, yeah, sort of. I know of people in Pennsylvania, Amish people in Pennsylvania, that have puppy mills, and some in Ohio. And how were? And... Do you know the condition of those mills? How you know? Were the dogs okay or? Honestly, we want the truth. And I know you're a truthful person. That's why I asked you to come on the show. Well, they don't treat them as pets. I, I think there's a big difference in in how you treat, like, animals. Amish people don't really have pets. They, they might have one house dog or one cat or something like that that the majority of the animals are considered, they use them for money or to do work on the farm. So 
so I, I can't. So the dog, so dog breeding is a business. I get it. They use it for money. They're not getting attached to these dogs. But have you, according to what you've seen or what you heard or what you know, are, are these dogs well taken care of? The you know because these these the the, the 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 females who keep you know getting pregnant are they given medical care? Do they get food and water? Yeah. Do they get liked? Are they exercised? Yeah. All that stuff. Dogs don't get animals don't really get medical care unless they're sick, and if they're using them for breeding like that, they're they don't. They don't take them to the vet and make sure everything's okay. Well, what I mean, if the dog the is sick? If the dog is sick, it. if the dog's got some infection in the eye or is not eating, if they see a sign that maybe there's something wrong with the dog, will they take the dog to the doctor? I don't know. In the community where I grew up in, they 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 didn't take a they didn't call a vet or anything like that for they try to they, they would try to treat them themselves at home. Okay. Or just get rid of them. How do they get rid of them? Take them out in the woods and shoot them. Okay. Um, and then they leave the dog there in the woods, I suppose? They would dig a hole and bury them. Okay. I'm in a very, very sad situation, and I, I hate that, but I've, yeah. I've seen... Amish families just get rid of dogs. So what about, um, they have uh, horses, I mean, they have farm animals, right? Right. How do they, and these, you know, they're horses for transportation, and I guess cows to make, I don't know, they sell them for meat or for dairy, but how do they treat those animals? Uh, horses are a little bit, treated a little bit better. And so are uh, the cows because horses are used to for transportation. So they usually take care of their, their horses until the horse is just too old to do anything or can't move. Or then they'll get a vet out to put them down. Okay. So they will have and a vet to come and do it the, the same way. And the same way with the, the cows? Yeah, the same as the cows. So what's the difference between uh, the cows and the horses and the dogs in the shed making more puppies? I'm not sure. I I don't have an answer for that. So, I don't know why, why the dogs are treated more poorly. It's easier to raise more dogs than to take care of one that's sick or... So it's a, maybe, because they both, you know, are profitable. They're both used for their benefit. I don't really see a difference between a dog and a horse. So why is one put down humanely and the dog is not? Is it, there's no explanation. Is there an Amish, a religious explanation? Yeah. I don't know if there's an explanation. I I honestly don't have an answer. Now, for me personally, I you, agree with you. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, actually, we want to make sure that everybody knows whom we're talking to. Uh, I forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your last name, but you are Emma Gingerich. 
is pronounced Ginrich. I'm so sorry. Like, I no totally Ginrich. destroyed it. No. Totally. No, it's fine. Totally destroyed it. Emma, okay. G I N G E R I C H. Like Newt Gingrich, right? Yeah. No, the, the E is silent. The middle E. Okay. Got it. Emma, Emma we, we had uh, another gentleman here on the show last week. And and he was mm-hmm. talking about abuses and some cruelty to animals, and they, it's a mill, the Amish there, and they they transport sometimes in the winter by trucks thirty hours, then dogs freeze, and same thing in the heat, it's just the reverse, and then they just melt down. It's very cruel, but you're based on your experience and what you've seen, you you have a way, uh, some kind of way that we can make a change here, affect the community, grow a conscience the Amish community and, uh, you know, you know, treat them with some more care, with some more conscience. Do you, do you have, since you were on the inside, you had the courage to break away. Give us insight or tips on how we could effectuate change. Do you get what I'm saying, Emma? Yes. Um, yes. It would start by telling, I would say, the elders okay. in the community. Okay. Elders, uh, talking ahead. to them and telling them that it's it's very cruel and in a way I would say there would have to be a law. Is there a law against having milk? I don't even know. Well, I mean, sure. the, there's there are laws regulating. They're allowed to have. Uh, they're allowed to breed these dogs, but they're uh, the Animal Welfare Act and the USDA regulate these puppy farms, and the dogs are supposed to be, uh, they're supposed to get light, they're supposed to get exercise, they're supposed, they're, I mean, have you ever been in, seen the dogs in these cages? Yeah, I've seen them. So you've seen... But I, I was very young when I saw it. Okay. So there, there are rules and regulations, and uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Missouri are the worst states. They have the most violations. So yeah, there are laws, but somehow... Uh, I'm told that the Amish have a kind of they're kind of protected. Uh, they're, they're for some reason, I mean, how does the state, how does the county or the state view the Amish? Do they have special privileges? Is that possible? Some of them think they're above the law. I mean, how are you going to break that? I don't know. I can't even break it between my family and me. Emma, let me ask. Let me ask you if I may. So, so they're pretty closed off to society, right? Most of the Amish, so they they're not tuning into the internet, to Google, to TV, and all those electronic media, correct? Right. Okay. So, but do they have like Sunday school or Sunday church, where a minister gets up and preaches values and goodness towards fellow men and women? Do they have that kind of medium to communicate to the masses? They do have Sunday churches. But the preaching is done in a different language than what they speak at home. It's still German or Dutch. I don't know which. Wow. It's, it's very confusing. Well, but well, they preach about the Amish rules and what you can and can't do. They don't really preach about values and the and they don't really preach about God either. I understand they're pretty isolated. So they don't preach about God or value. So what uh, is it like being in the army, the military? What do they talk about? They talk about 
how everybody has to follow certain rules in order to they have to go through the bishop to get saved or not even saved, like be a good Amish person. It's all about being Amish Emma, in they, order to possibly get into heaven. They believe in the Ten Commandments. Is that correct, Emma? When it fits their but their rules. Right. <laughs> so, so if they're isolated electronically with the internet, how 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 do we reach them? You know, how do we reach them on a more of a personal level or a church level and just, you know, they get the morals of what's right and wrong and abuses and all that. You know, there must be some way that they have interaction with the outside world where we can just assist them in growing a conscience, that's all. You see what I'm saying? Talk to them in person. Okay. I'm going to go off a tangent sort of here, but... According to your information, your knowledge, your exposure to the Amish life, is there inbreeding with the Amish? Inbreeding? Yeah, like incest. Incest. Yes. I don't know if it's as common now because it's getting more exposed. But when I was still Amish, there was a lot of inbreeding and fathers having sex with their girls and just horrible, horrible things that happen. So if you're doing that as an Amish, I mean, being, you know, brutalizing a dog is, uh, I guess, pales in comparison if you're, you know, if you're a parent. Um, Let's talk a little bit, uh, before we let you go, about your book. Uh, Okay. uh, You... So you talk about your 18 years as an Amish girl. Yes. So just without, you know, just give us a nut, you know, we want, we want to read the book, but tell us a little bit more about it. What's in the book? And why should people read your book? Why should people read your book? What's in the book? Well, me growing up Amish, it was like, well, the women are very secluded. And what I wanted people to know about my story is that even though I viewed the world as a horrible place and I I wanted to get out of the situation I was in, I succeeded somehow without, I I believe God helped me get through that. And I want people to know that they can succeed as well whatever situation they're in they might not want to run away from home but if they're in a dark time there's a way to survive but and get so, out of that but you lived in the community and I, uh, go ahead go ahead sorry and i was depressed when i was growing up i always felt very alone and like i didn't have friends even though I have 13 siblings. There was only one sister that I felt close to, and the rest of them, I just felt like I was their mom. It was all about working and raising a family and cooking and cleaning and doing chores at home. There was no freedom. It was from sun up to sundown. There was just constant work. And then all these different rules, and the, the biggest problem I had was 
how once I got old enough to start dating, there was this expectation put on me that I was supposed to have a boyfriend and then get baptized. Right after I was baptized, I was supposed to get married. There was a lot of pressure on me. And because I felt so alone, I couldn't, I didn't have a boyfriend and I knew I wasn't going to get baptized because I didn't want to. So the only option it left for me was to leave the Amish. Were there other girls like you who wanted to leave the Amish, but according to your knowledge, did not? I, I'm guessing there would have been more, but they don't talk about it. Nobody talks about what they're feeling. And I was, I felt so ashamed for even feeling like the way I did. And I, I guess those are the rules, right? Those are the rules that are preached. You have to, wrong. the girls have to do this and the boys have to do that. Those are the rules you were talking about before? Yes. And I thought something was wrong with me because I had those thoughts and I thought I wasn't trying hard enough to be Amish. And, and I just felt like God was punishing me for having those thoughts. But those thoughts were, it's almost like you had a predisposition to those thoughts because as much as they were trying to, I mean, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say brainwash you or brainwash the community, somehow you you broke away. You were like the black sheep. Emma, Emma, I think your book is a, is a, going to be a book in courage, in, in strength, in inspirational. I, I really salute you for having the, the guts to go ahead and do something about it, and you prevailed through the darkness, and you're here talking about it. And the book's available on Amazon, you said, right? Yes, it is. Okay, well, thank you you for my group. So you basically, this you can apply. Tell them to go, suggest that you can can do multiple beneficial things here. They can buy your book at smile.amazon.com. Smile.amazon.com. Why? Because there's a whole bunch of charities that people can give to while they're buying your book, smile.amazon.com, animal charities, all these good charities. They can buy your book and give to charities. And you've got guts and courage, and you're so inspirational, Emma. It's been a pleasure meeting you. And people will get inspired. Regardless what their position is, they can can use her situation. She was all alone. She was 18, no education, no money, and look at her now. So just take that book and apply it to your situation. Emma, thank you very much for your time. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Emma. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Great. So this is all the time we have for the show. Thank you very much. If you have any comments, nancy at animallawyer.com. Go to the website. You can uh, definitely um, let us know what you think. And thank you very much for spending this time with us. Thank you, everybody out there. Take care. Bye-bye. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio.